0: Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Finnovate podcast. We are starting our series talking to our Finnovate Europe best of show winners. And joining me today, we have Karen Jane, CEO of NayaOne. Karen, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Good to be here, Greg. Thank you for the invitation.
0: Yeah, pleasure. So first off, congratulations. Obviously you were very successful on our stage in London. Um, And for anybody who's interested in learning more, I can recommend watching the video of the demo, which you can find at finnovate.com. But for people who haven't seen that video or haven't seen your demo, can you start by just telling us a little bit about what Naya one is all about?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Naya one digital transformation platform. It's a SaaS platform that basically helps you leverage the fintech ecosystem. We work with product innovation and tech teams in banks and insurance companies to help them get their product to market much, much quicker while leveraging the fintech ecosystem. We have synthetic data sets and we have building tools on the platform. So typically it takes our customers, well, before they're our customers, it takes them Nine, nine to 12 months to start working with one fintech, and we see our customers can get to that outcome in about six to eight weeks.
0: No, well, I mean, that's very impressive and it's not difficult to see why what you were showing resonated with the audience um, at Finnovate Europe. Now, before we get too deep into the technology itself, can you talk a little bit about where all these hurdles are coming from? You know, When you're talking about a nine month process, um, obviously that's really time consuming, that's really slow. Why does it take so long?
1: Yeah, really, really, really interesting question. And, and so back in the day when there were hundreds of vendors, we used to run, and, and my background, I'm an ex-banker, we used to run RFIs, RFPs, we go through the presentations, we go through the demos, we select a vendor uh, on the back of the RFI and RFP, we'll then run a POC, run a pilot, and that will take you know close to six to nine months, right? But what's changed is the technology advancements, the regulatory requirements, the customer expectations, and there's no longer hundreds of vendors, there's tens of thousands of vendors, right? But the way we still procure or buy technology for our customers is stone age yet old, right? So, so there's nothing wrong with taking that long. Well, there is, but, you know, third-party risk management and procurement, they will have the right places. And it's an important thing to protect the bank or the insurance company from that. However, when you got to see if a company can help you solve an internal or external or a customer experience problem, and you have to spend six months just to make sure that you can do that, now that is a problem. So you have to go through the, you know, the First, you got to find the right person in the bank. These are large matrix organizations. Uh, then you got to f- go through cloud architecture, security, procurement, privacy, legal, risk and compliance, um, and and I'm sure there's someone else. But the point is, when it inherently, when you got to coordinate 10 plus people to make a decision whether this company should come into the organization for evaluation to make sure this company can just make you know solve the problem. That's a lot of heavy cost and time up front where they shouldn't. That's where it's coming from.
0: Yeah. Well, and certainly that's something that can be really painful. If you're a customer who has a problem and your bank is not going to be able to address it for six to 12 months, obviously that's when you start getting a little bit itchy. You start thinking maybe you know somebody else who's out there is able to give me what I need now. So um, you know, what what enables night one to streamline that process? Because you know, when you when you kind of lay it out there, it does seem like there's really quite a bit to do.
1: Yeah, there is. And, and actually, it's quite simple. So without, you know, um, simple things are always the best uh, or simple approaches are usually the most effective, I should say, rather. So, So all we do is we onboard the technology you want to look at, right? So we've got a platform that has 220 plus technologies sitting integrated into it. The bank, our customers, logs into our platform, authenticates once, to get access to two hundred and twenty technologies, and if we don't have a technology, we'll bring it in. But the point is, at this point, they haven't had to onboard a single company other than us, which means it gives them that risk protection from from any of from working with any of these guys, right? Um, and that that is the simplest. I mean, I'm oversimplifying it, but that is the fundamental difference. And before now, one, the bank would go through the whole process that I laid out. Okay and then do the POC. What we're doing is let's do the POC before you even start thinking about onboarding this individual company. Um, and that means if I can do a POC in six to eight weeks and make sure that this thing is good for my business problem that I'm trying to address, then my procurement team and all the processes that I need to run can carry on also, my product team can continue to work with this tech provider and actually get my product to market much, much faster. So we're seeing um, average shaving 12 months off delivery lines as an outcome because now you're not waiting nine months to play with a piece of technology and with you know work for the vendor to then put a product out there. Actually, you can make that non-regrettable decision up front and then go to town from there.
0: Yeah, I mean certainly, you know, the the speed of it is something which is is really worth talking about. The other piece that you mentioned that I just want to dig a little deeper on is the idea of kind of de-risking the integration, taking some of that guesswork and some of that risk out of there. Can you expand on that and talk about exactly, you know, how exactly you're able to do that side of things as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as part of the platform, um, you've got the marketplace of tech providers that are integrated and single authentication. We've also got uh, a big range of synthetic data sets. Uh, public data sets and data set providers, because that's the next big challenge once you've onboarded a vendor is like, let's find data so we can test this vendor that it's going to be good for our organization. So we we help with that as well. The third thing is like the secure test environments that we've built. Um, now, what banks are starting to do is actually bring their legacy or product or really important critical product systems or, or, or core systems into the sandbox. So when they select a the vendor, use the data sets with the schema of their of representative of their of their of their organization, but also testing it against a let's call it a, you know couple of couple of components of core banking or a loan management system, um, and before they make a purchase decision, they're able to de-risk that integration because otherwise, what happens is two of the biggest regrets of buying technology: one, uh, I thought it did that; <laughs> number two. Why is this thing got a two-year integration roadmap when I thought I was going to be live a year ago, right? Those are the two biggest things we hear out of IT projects or buying a product and trying to integrate into your whole stack. Um, so so that's that's where you de-risk that integration because whoever's your most problematic integration point inside the organization, you actually bring that to the sandbox. And you, whoever you're purchasing or trying to work with, you want to make sure that they're going to be a, fit into your technology stack before you hit purchase. Now that's that's actually extending even further where because there's so many vendors and so many tech, like there's, there's a bit of a vendor fatigue going on out there, right? So once you've kind of looked at the environment, you go, okay, this makes sense for me. What ends up happening is the vendor doesn't always need to work with the internal stack, but also needs to work with other vendors. And what we're finding is that organizations would make isolated buy decisions. Um, I'll buy one here, buy one there. And then like, you know, six months later, it's like, oh, damn, they they all got to integrate and work with each other. So how do we do that? Sure, there's good architectural practices that can help you with that. But also extending that, we're finding customers, our customers would basically go, okay, I I want to get you, simple example, I want to get you for... ADV, and I want to get you for payments, I want to get you for transaction monitoring, and I want you for data enrichment, just as a simple scenario. Before I make four isolated buy decisions, why don't you go into my sandbox and actually show me that I can have a full customer journey and you guys can work with each other with my core, which I'm going to bring in there, and be done in three months and I've de-risked my whole transformation program. And it's a very simple example, but the concept uh, resonates.
0: Yeah, and I mean, really, it's like you can kind of just dive right towards the biggest hurdle that you see at this point. And obviously, you know, there's always the possibility you might find another hurdle. I think anybody who's done any kind of tech integration will tell you that sometimes those unexpected pieces can pop up and get you. But at the same time, being able to find those out in a low-risk sandbox environment is obviously incredibly helpful. And. So you know, I'm really curious because um, obviously you know you won best of show at Finnovate Europe. I'm curious what kind of response you were getting from the bankers in the room. You know, or did you have anybody who kind of shared any interesting stories with you, or who had you know some things like this particular aspect of your technology really resonates with me? Any any stories along those lines you can share?
1: Yeah. Um, so so first of all, congratulations on on Finnovate Europe. It's one of the most successful events that we've been to. Um, And even though our presentation was at about 2.33, which is like, okay, people are ready for their coffee. The amount of attention, the amount of engagement that the crowd had with the pitches that were going on is super amazing and super, I haven't seen many events where that's possible. So, so congratulations.
0: Oh yeah, thanks for
1: that. Yeah, no, it's genuine. And for for the first day we had the booth, we didn't get time to eat or drink <laughs> or sit down, <laughs> so, so it was it was it was it was it was engaged inside and it was very active on the on the outside, especially after the presentation. Um, I would say we had a lot of quality conversations, a lot of them that we're progressing through in terms of see how we can help um, those organisations. The the in terms of anecdotal and the funniest one I found was I was actually had. Um, two of our customer organizations were there who approached us afterwards. It's like, I really like what you're doing. I'd love to get access to that. How do I get access to that? I'm like, I oh, already work? And blah, blah. And it's like, I hate to tell you, you've already got the platform. Here's the name <laughs> of the platform. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of that happy that, you know, your yeah. customer wants to use your product, but at the same time, it's like, oh, damn, that's not a new deal <laughs> or a new lead. Yeah. So uh, but, but... they. It resonates, right? Anyone who's been in the industry long enough to go or is involved in the part of I need to get product to my customers or I'm, I'm anywhere in part of that value chain, everyone feels the pain. Like I was, I was talking to somebody from procurement um, and there's typically not someone who we would talk to. we talk to product innovation, technology teams, CTIs, strategy officers, um, and they are like, Oh, this is so cool! And I'm like, oh, I'm surprised to hear that from a procurement person because I thought I'm kind of helping, you know, kind of saving your time. And there's usually yeah. a defense like, no, I'm sick of onboarding offboarding companies that the bank doesn't want to go forward with.
0: Yeah, this
1: means I only have to onboard the ones that the bank is pretty certain they want to move forward with. Um, so I was like, okay, that's interesting. So I, re- I that, that, that was <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's new.
0: Um, yeah. No, know, that, that's awesome. I mean, and honestly, that's part of what Finnovate's all about, right? It's just being able to get that direct feedback, have those conversations. Now, we've been talking about it from kind of the bank standpoint here, but I want to make sure we save some time at the end to talk about the other side of the equation, because obviously you're working with a lot of FinTech providers themselves who are coming into the network. Can you start by just talking about you know what they kind of have to do to become a part of your network? Just outline that process
1: a little bit, I think. Yeah, sure. So step number 1, you got to have tech that works. Um, sure. right because when I was in the bank, I, the biggest thing I was sick of was getting vaporware uh served. Yeah. Uh and I was like, all right, this is and and then wait like 6 8 months to find out. That's really annoying. So 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 first of all, you got to have tech that works. Um how good is it? That's not our job. That's your customer's job who's going to access your tech through the platform, okay? Um what we find is so in the in the marketplace you've got number of domains and ecosystems such as open banking esg payments you know the the usual all the way to digital assets and a little bit of quantum um and now we're also adding generative ai so that we're pretty excited by um and figuring out how banks can access that in a safe and secure way so the so you've got those domains banks are uh, I, want, I want to use something we were talking about earlier which is banks are notorious to be lining up to be in the second place right so yeah. no one can move first so if you've got like track record of you know i've got three four banks in, the, in a particular location they would be like okay cool it that one has tested it and it hasn't fallen over cool so i'm happy to make the buy decision okay cool let's go but that doesn't work anymore because there's like new companies, new products, new ideas that can really help the customers coming at the thing. So what we're finding that, that, A, banks are willing to take the risk and they're putting all the controls internally. Now, sometimes that gets a little bit weary in terms of more controls, but also think of it as guardrails to protect the bank and we'd be part of that process. But banks are starting to look at things like enterprise readiness, right? So, yeah. you know, Sure, you've got your documentation in place, making sure you've got some sort of SOC two or ISO, or you're working towards it. Um, and and we're heavily considering that as a product, because as our as a company, our job is to enable bank fintech collaboration and help the customers get the best products by using tech, using you know enabled through tech. So we're helping the banks with the sandbox, synthetic data, and and getting the companies them. And, you know, earlier this year, we thought about, like, how are we actually enabling the fintechs and then the tech providers? Sure, we can make the discovery process easier. So this is the thing we're going to go into next, which is the end, well, the product's already in MVP now. Uh, we're enterprise readiness. So it's things like, let's give them the synthetic data that's being used by banks, regulators, and other fintechs in the industry to build products on top of that, which means they're not building on some random data and go to the bank. It's like, this makes no sense because it's we've yeah. <laughs> never seen a, a banking transaction ledger before kind of thing, right? Uh, so it's 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 that level. And, and And that really just increases the number of companies that are able to have a fighting chance when going into a bank and it's not an established vendor who's 10, 15 or 50 years old um, and got most of the market share. So I'd say from a platform perspective, um, we don't charge fintechs to be on our platform because we want it to make it easier for them to get in. Um, We are seeing enterprise readiness, so things like policies, you know, what data have you built this on? What sort of security controls have you got, etc., etc.? et, cetera, et cetera, that help um, and, and will be, will be um, helping fintechs in that space. Uh, but also I would say having someone with banking experience in the team, yeah. if, if your main customer is banks or insurance or managers, and asset managers, most fintechs do that, really helps uh, in terms of bridging that gap. Um, that's, that's, that would be about three things
0: yeah no i think that's great and i have to just give a shout out to jp nichols for that line uh who's been at finnovate multiple times bankers are a group of people who line up to go second is one that he said on stage at finnovate a long time ago and resonated with me um no it's, it's really interesting platform and i would encourage any of the fintechs who are kind of listening to this to take a look at nio1 and see if it's right for you to get involved and obviously from a banker side you've got a really strong amount of traction some strong interest there um. So, you know, it's been a real pleasure getting the opportunity to chat and connect with you again and just sort of see how it's all gone. Congratulations again on taking home that trophy. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, obviously get this publicized as well and give you a chance to get some more lines in the water. But um, I've, again, I've been talking to One, our first of the year Europe Best of Show winners this time around. Uh, Karen, thank you so much again for joining me.
1: Thank you, Greg. Real pleasure to talk to you.